Hey everybody and welcome to the Darkcast. This is episode number 96 and I'm your host Jonathan Miley. Recently Brian was able to sit down and talk with some developers at Traptix Games, a developer based in Greece, and talk about their new game Ten Aces, which is a tactical turn-based game. Uh, now unfortunately I was not able to be in on this interview, uh, but thankfully Brian was and he does a great job. Uh, if you want to find out more about Darkstation, you can do that at darkstation.com. There you can read our news, reviews, features, and obviously find more episodes of the Darkcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at darkstation underscore com. If you want to subscribe to us on iTunes, you can do that. We are the Darkcast. And if you want to drop us an email, you can do that. Uh, at podcast at darkstation.com. Anyway, uh, we really want to thank the guys over at Traptix for sitting down with us and talking to us about their game. And if you want to find out more about their game, you can check out the links in the show notes. Uh, and as always, we hope you enjoy this episode. On with the show. Normally Jonathan sits here, but uh, today I've I've got the the helm, and I'm speaking to Mike uh, from Tap Trap Traptic. Traptic. Uh, oh. From traps and tactics. Oh okay. Oh Rackon. Okay. I was I was going to ask you where that name came from because it was a uh, it was pretty interesting. Well, this is a uh, we like games that are uh, well very centered around uh, the player. Um, that you use your mind a lot, and uh, tactics are this kind of game uh, pretty much. And uh, since we tend to add traps in all our games, traps and tactics, traptics came up. It's a, it's a it's a good portmanteau. I like it. I like putting words together. Um, so if you don't mind, uh, introduce yourself. Let us know what you do there at uh, at Traptic. Uh, well, uh, I am Mike Papagasagelu. Uh, I am from Greece, um, and I am uh, the game designer on Tenacious, and I'm also working on um, uh, pixel art. Um, but uh, that's not what um, I am. I'd say um, what I really like. Game design is most uh, mostly my thing. Oh, okay. Oh, so you're very you're very into the game design portion of it. You're just kind of working on the art too. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh, what what got you into uh, what got you into gaming? Have you always have you always been into games? Uh, well, uh, as a gamer, uh, yeah, pretty much uh, from a kid. I was uh, playing um, my first game. I believe was um, Age Odyssey. Okay. Uh, but um, sooner or later, uh, RPG, mostly turn based. Uh, uh, earned me. Um, Final Fantasy VIII was awesome. uh, uh, my first uh, turn-based uh, uh, RPG, and uh, every single Final Fantasy after that as well. It, that's it. Was not a bad one to start off with. We were actually having a conversation about it the other day. I thought the 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 I was the the first um, 
the first Found Fathers that I saw was seven, and uh, I was very young. I didn't know that each Found Fathers was a separate um, uh, game. So uh, when I saw eight, I decided to buy it uh, just to learn what's next. Uh, then I realized that uh, every Found Fathers has a different story. Not that I was disappointed. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, man. Uh, so, I mean, outside of the uh, our, the, the turn-paced RPGs, is there anything else that you like? Um, I tend to, the last years, I like to play pretty much every game that um, uh, managed to. Uh, but uh, my favorite games are mostly RPGs and tactical games. Um, uh, because uh, they tend to emphasize on the story uh, more than the other games. Um but uh, also the, the um, using your mind more than uh, your hand, I believe that's uh, more like uh, that's what video games were made. For. Absolutely, thinking about your actions, taking time to kind of consider what's going on. Exactly. Yeah, no, I can absolutely follow that. Um, um, mm-hmm. No, go for it. Um, what are the first uh, games that I played with mostly RPG, and I kind of um, grew up with the concept that your actions uh, have uh, results in the story, I mean. And uh, I stick to it uh, un- until uh, pretty much uh, I was 20 years old. I'm 23 now, and I I can't, I have to say that I kind of got bored after a while. I mean, after a while, uh, they became a bit um, predictive. Yeah. Predictable. Um, so what do you what do you think of the new trend of the uh, of like kind of the newer RPGs where they actually give you choice? Um, I believe I think I, I, the most of the games that uh, come out these days have um, this um, pattern where they are actually uh, action games that uh, have some RPG elements, mm-hmm. uh, that have uh, some strategy elements, some tactical elements, they're trying to blend uh, all them all together, but uh, they tend to be quite similar. Um, especially the games that are uh, for uh, Xbox and um, PlayStation, I think that they are quite similar among them. Yeah, it's definitely been a while since the last time we've seen an actual, like, true RPG RPG yeah. and and even then like as you said some of them they, they do tend to they've tended to get more towards the, the trite way of doing things kind of just repeating a lot of the same patterns rather than, than trying to, to bring up new stories or, or continue and even for the, the Final Fantasies yeah uh, I've played uh, all the Final Fantasies and uh, the last uh, two uh, which were with lighting uh, the 13 and um uh, 13 2, mm-hmm. I believe, was uh, the second one. Uh, they strayed from the path that uh, the other Final Fantasies had, uh, and it, I believe it wasn't for a good reason. Um, I didn't like them as much as the other ones. 100% agree. I think they got lost somewhere along the way. They, they, they tried to do way too much uh, combat wise and try to make their changes there rather than, and just ignored kind of the story and what was going on, and they kind of lost themselves. Even uh, in combat, I believe they tried to simplify it, made it more user-friendly, and uh, it lost uh, the interest of many uh, more mature, I might say, players. Yep. 
I definitely agree with that. Yeah, so coming from that, um, where did uh, how did Trapped how did uh, Trapped get its start? Um, did you guys kind of start? Uh, it, number one is Ten Aces. Is this guys is this going to be your first game, or has there been something in the past? Uh, well, um, uh, as a gamer, I had um, many ideas of how games uh, could be improved, and um, I was always playing Magic the Gathering and uh, Dungeons and Dragons and similar games that uh, involve. Uh, that um, the players create too much stuff. And uh, sooner or later I created a game design for a, actually a card game. That uh, then it became a board game and finally it was, um, we, I designed it as a PC game, as a video game. And um, I got the chance through a game idea competition to express my idea and uh, have some people uh, know about it. And uh, this uh, game idea competition was um, the reason I gathered some people, I told them my idea, and uh, we started working it on it uh, as an experiment. We didn't have uh, many targets and uh, goals, and we would just say, okay, let's do this and then try this and uh, see what comes out. Uh, we took a part in a couple of game dumps the last year, and um, so we we made the game without um, we were progressing it without um, I would say uh, having clear uh, thoughts of where we want to start, stop, and what to do. Okay, you're just kind of designing. Yeah, we didn't have any feedback. We, we, it was our first game, so we didn't have any feedback from other players, and it was hard for us to know what steps to follow. Uh, but uh, after um, February, uh, I believe, uh, we started um, looking at uh, the game more professionally. We tried to not just to do what uh, we thought was right, but uh, we made some research and actually follow paths that we now believe that uh, we're... Uh, more professional. Oh, okay, uh, awesome. We 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 are not. Uh, it's our first game for mostly uh, for almost every one of us, mm-hmm. and uh, it might have some. Um, we have not. We have we have tried to keep it um, pure and not uh, being affected for many other games, so that we create something unique. So many players might find something peculiar, but uh, this is also what makes this game uh, different from any other game. You're trying to carve out your own spot there, that's that's definitely something. Uh, how many of there are you? Uh, how, how many people do you have uh, in Traptic? There are five of us. Um, uh, it's me. Uh, there's uh, Kate Mataraga, who is uh, working with the software. She's a programmer. Uh, Jim Kritikos, also a programmer. Uh, Alex Panagiotou, also a programmer, and uh, George Kazamias, who helped us a lot uh, to begin with. Uh, since he is older, he offered us experience and um, mentoring where, uh, that was essential for our team to begin with. Okay, fantastic. So he's kind of like a little bit of a guide and light there. Yeah. All right, very cool. So I can see lots of programmers you definitely got stuck with the art. That was uh, actually the um, pro- problem. I can't say that it was a problem, but somebody had to do it, and uh, I had this uh, 
minimum uh, minimal um, experience with Pixel Lab, so I offered to uh, work on it and uh, try to something do something much better, and I think it worked out uh, pretty well. I, you know what? I've saw. Uh, I've taken a look at the. I, I saw one like the main trailer, and then I guess kind of the walkthrough. Mm-hmm. And I've got. I've got no problems with it. I think you've been doing just fine. <laughs> uh, from what I can tell, Ten Aces. It looks almost like a cross between like chess and and kind of a almost like a, a Final Fantasy tactics slash ogre tactics kind of thing with the uh, with the squares and the tactical movement around the area. Um, what what kind of game is it? What are you guys going for? Uh, well, uh, we might, uh, we were calling it at the beginning, and as a, like a joke, a, a tropical game. Not a tactical, a tropical. <laughs> um, it uh, does look like, like uh, most uh, the tactical games, but in contrast, in contrary, mm-hmm. In contrast, uh, it doesn't have any chances in it. Uh, there are no critical hits, uh, missed chances, or anything um, no. that is random. And the purpose of this is that um, the players uh, uh, focus on their um, strategy, and the results uh, will be, um, how to say, uh, not affected from anything other than their mind. So you know, going forward, as far as the strategy goes, you know if you make a move, what's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. So you're able to kind of, almost like chess, you're able to kind of plan ahead. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I get, I see where you're going with that. All right. But uh, yet, uh, it is not a, a different version of chess because in chess you know every pawn of the enemy what is uh, capable of doing. In uh, ten aces, uh, the abilities of each unit are uh, secret until they are used. Oh. Uh, which means that uh, you, you see a swordman, uh, you know that swordmen are good at uh, defending themselves, they've got uh, good fortification, good armor, good uh, shield, but you don't know if this swordman in particular does have, uh, his, he is so capable of defending himself. So uh, this being interpreted in the game means that uh, he may have an ability that boosts his defense, or he might not. Either way, you have to predict uh, what will you do in its uh, occasion, in, in its case? Uh, so it becomes a um, game of uh, insight. You have to read your, your opponent, see what he wants to do, and uh, predict his abilities. Now, the video, the, the, the video mentioned that the, the ten aces, as they were, were essentially demigods. Do you, is your kind of group made up of the demigods, or are you controlling kind of one and have different soldiers under you? Well, uh, the story uh, is from a D&D campaign we used to play a few years ago, and uh, each of the distant brothers um, have uh, a completely different um, uh, personality, uh, look, everything in its character is very unique, and uh, this uh, is, I believe, very important in the game because uh, every player can uh, find a player can find a character that can uh, relate to, and uh, this is a, having this in mind, uh, we have to make every character playable. Um, the ten aces are actually the leaders of your army. You may have only one uh, in each army. And uh, you may change uh, uh, between them from battle to battle. Oh, okay. You have it. Do you have access? Is it kind of like a like an unlock thing, or do you have access from all of them at the beginning? 
Well, uh, the single player has not been um, uh, finished, but uh, we are working on... Um, you will collect uh, the currents of the game, uh, will be souls. Okay. Well, you, will, you will use the souls to pursue, uh, purchase, purchase uh, either new units or new abilities or upgrades. So they will be unlockable, but uh, only if you want to. It won't be like um, most um, RPG games that uh, you get a character either you like it or not. Oh, okay, okay. So it's very you're you're very open to just the kind of the creative whims of the player itself. Mm-hmm. Um, we have tried uh, in general to make um, the game uh, as much personalizable, I might say, uh, for the player. You may pick any character that you want and uh, any abilities that you like for him and uh, combine them as much as you like, uh, however you like, so that you c- create an army that um, expresses you as much as, much as possible. Uh, you mentioned this like a, like the swordsman example earlier. Um, yeah. How many different looks to that swordsman uh, like are there? I mean, as far as the abilities go, are you? Is it when I go up like okay? Let me try to rephrase this. Say I'm I'm playing against a swordsman, so I want to make a move against him. I, obviously, I have to plan that there's hidden stuff about him that I don't know. Um, yeah. How how expansive is that? Um, if you um, take out of the equation all the other units, uh, they are not so much. But if you think that um, every character has uh, two or three other characters supporting him, buffing him, and of giving him his abilities, their abilities, it becomes quite... Um, the, the combinations are quite many. Uh, what uh, we believe that uh, this uh, system will... Um, let, me, let me rephrase. Uh, this system will um, create a, let's say, trend for players to play on a certain style. I mean, when uh, they find a good combo, uh, many players will use it. But once many players will use it, it becomes predictable. So right there, uh, this is its weakness. You're talking about like cookie cutter stuff, like finding a way that works and then sticking only to that way. Yeah, okay. uh, this uh, won't work on Tenacious. And uh, we have tried as much to as much as possible to make this game, um, uh, to make the balance of the game uh, perfect. Uh, every player has um, access to all the, the to every character and every unit and every ability the other player has to. So there's no way that uh, you find yourself saying that uh, this this character is overwhelmed or over, overpowered. You can uh, take exactly as uh, everything. You can take everything that he has, and you will be just as strong. So there's no, you, there's, there's no way to. Like it's very, it, very creative as far as you setting up your own thing because you always have a match for something else that somebody's going to do. So it really does. You, you want it to really come down to that strategy rather than every anything else giving you the upper hand. Um. Yeah, and the, let's say, the general idea of uh, this game, once you play a couple of battles, is that you have to be unpredictable. So, uh, while an ability or a combination might seem like a good thing, um, you will know that the enemy will uh, expect it. So, right uh, then, you will choose to do the exactly opposite thing that might look as a bad move, 
but uh, the the enemy player won't expect it at all. Okay. Um, am I my I believe my accent is not uh, very good, but I'm trying my best here. No, you're doing great, man. I'm I'm following you right along. Yeah. You were it's, you were you were doing just fine. <laughs> um, okay, now it's like story wise, um, are there are you guys go, doing like a? Obviously, you've got the battle scenes, and that's kind of what's being shown off at this point. Yeah. Um, what uh, what do you? Uh, is it gonna, are there going to be dialogue? Is there going to be options? What's how's this going to expand story wise? Or is the story kind of just a smaller part of it, and the strategy is the main part? Um, well, uh, the game uh, design was uh, originally uh, emphasizing on the uh, gameplay, uh, and I mean the the rules about the combat system. Okay. That, that was because the story was uh, existing already from the building campaign that I said we were playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that, that fills me with so much happiness that this came from a D&D campaign. You have uh, no idea. <laughs> there are so many people that have said uh, this to us, and uh, there are actually so many people that like Dungeons and Dragons and uh, play, so we believe that uh, this uh, will help many people to come and see the game. And uh, this story is quite extensive, and uh, we have been playing for many years. So the characters are behind it, and uh, uh, the story in general is uh, there are many many main characters, and uh, they are quite um, I might say deep, uh, because you know through the years uh, even these fictional characters have evolved and have been uh, personality to the actions of every player. I mean. So when we started making the game, we were emphasizing more on the tactics, but um, we decided to give the player the ability to change the story. The player um, represents a different uh, destiny in the game. We call the player the will. He is the will of of the gods. So when you will come uh, against an opponent in the story, in the single-player campaign, uh, you might choose to kill him, you might choose to let him uh, die, he might die and he might not, or you might choose to give him a chance chance to redeem himself, tell him to come uh, with you and fight for you. Uh, Each of these actions will have a a result. Uh, He might help you, he might uh, bring his brother and uh, or his friend who is much stronger and uh, kill you, uh, or anything other. There will be a story-driven uh, campaign that will have many, many results. Uh, it will be it will have a lot of replayability, and uh, all the uh, combinations will uh, will be very different because the character that you might kill. In the real story, uh, it might kill another one, and that one another one, and it becomes a chain reaction that affects the story a lot. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Because then, the, you know, that that kind of shifts things. As, as you know, now this guy's taking over and he's killing everybody. Uh, you know, how did the people react to that? I definitely see that. In, in most uh, big uh, titles, um, the let's say. The affection that the player has on the story is uh, uh, it's not real, it's an illusion. You think that you select things, but uh, 
it will be either kill him or you won't kill him and you might die from a cow in the next scene. Uh, it's not very, um, I might say, uh, it's not real. I feel uh, older games like uh, Chrono Cross or um, uh, Final Fantasy VI mm-hmm. had uh, a story that was really affected from your actions. And every every character that you find it or killed or saved uh, had a, um, a, a result for the a corresponding result for the ending of the story. So, so you want obviously you want those choices to matter to, towards the end. Um, one of the big things uh, in the last like two years or so was the ending of Mass Effect Three, where um, you know even though the characters had all those choices, a lot of people were upset because of the end. It really came down to being almost the same thing. Yeah, the same thing. Most yeah. of them were disappointed, I believe, and uh, I was also disappointed from the um, the engagement that the characters from the previous Mass Effect had on the last one. Uh, they were just providing a single quest, and uh, that was it. I was hoping to find many of them and help them and help me uh, again on the third uh, sequel. So was I. <laughs> I. I liked the game. I kind of liked where they went, but at the same time, the the relationships that you formed, those choices that you made, uh, they didn't seem as impactful because the uh, the, the folks that you saved kind of just showed up. were like, hey, and then they disappeared again, mm-hmm. uh, especially right at the end. So with these kind of kill or not kill and the, the decisions to let somebody move forward, um, I, is the the end of that single player um, is that kind of shaped by what you're doing? Um, well, we will try to make all the campaigns uh, affect each other. We will design each com- each com- uh, we will design a campaign for every uh, named character, both the leaders and the elites. Wow. Um, these campaigns will be some dialogues, some decisions that will affect, affect the endings, and uh, battles, of course. Um, now, um, we will try to make each campaign affect the other, but uh, this uh, depends on uh, the, uh, the number of the campaigns that we will, uh, the number of the characters that we will uh, have. Oh, absolutely, because uh, I could I could just see that branching out into a horrendous mess of a tree. Yeah, um, we might uh, narrow it down uh, by making, um, let's say, small teams of uh, campaigns. So the ten leaders uh, do affect uh, each other, but uh, the elite do not. Uh, at any case, uh, every campaign uh, every campaign by itself will be quite. Um, uh, different every time that you play it, make different decisions. That sounds super deep. Hopefully, uh, I, I hope that works out because that sound that does sound uh, fantastic. Um, obviously, you said there's a single player campaign. Um, are you also looking at some multiplayer too, or just player versus player? Well, um, since I designed the game uh, emphasizing on the player and uh, his skill and the tactics, uh, the game uh, was. Uh, um, more direct to multiplayer than it was to single player. We okay, so that's that's kind of where the focus was that, that putting yourself against somebody else. Yeah, we designed uh, um, 
we started designing the multiplayer first and then the single player. Okay. Uh, we created a demo version of um, a hot seat uh, multiplayer, and then we made some uh, single player um, um, battles. Uh, because the AI, uh, the artificial intelligence of the game, and I believe of any tactical game, is very hard to make it learn from uh, the players and uh, uh, adapt uh, to their reactions. And I, I don't think that uh, uh, an artificial intelligence in, in such a game can ever uh, match the, um, let's say, the fun that uh, another player enemy can ever offer you. Oh, absolutely, because those other players, and, and and I'm sure that's the reason why, you know, multiplayer is the way it is. Those other players, absolutely, they bring in a, an element of randomness that you just can't get from a computer. Yeah. Um, I have played a lot of uh, multiplayer online games. Um, not uh, so much the very known titles. I haven't played very much Lineage and uh, Warcraft. Uh-huh. Uh, I was always looking for um, some uh, games that uh, involved the tactics and uh, the, the mind in general a, li- a bit more. Uh, but uh, every game that I have played um, sooner or later uh, emphasizes on the... Um, the ability of some classes or characters to do more damage and they make money from it. Uh, they sell characters in, a, let's say, stores that cannot be purchased from every player, so the game becomes unbalanced and it loses the fun. Oh, um, you're talking about kind of like the, the MOBAs, like the League of Legends and that kind of thing, where they actually offer different characters um, well, for yeah. that specific purpose? Yeah, and the game becomes, uh, although they tend to say from free-to-play, uh, it becomes um, pay-to-win. Uh-huh. Um, and I believe that uh, this is very annoying. So when we designed the game, we decided that um, uh, every player in the multiplayer should have an uh, um, equal chance to win, uh, no matter how many they have spent or how much... Uh, uh, experience they have gained uh, as a character. This might uh, sound uh, odd, it might sound uh, not nice, but um, a, a player that uh, plays a long time uh, has gained uh, experience as a person. Uh, so he's already stronger than uh, someone that starts then. Um, so the experience and the levels of the characters do not affect their power, but uh, they affect their options. Uh-huh. A stronger character, a higher level character, will not be actually stronger, uh, but it will have um, access to more abilities and uh, different uh, variations of itself. Uh, this is... Um, guaranteed uh, through a point system we have developed that is uh, similar to the one of uh, Warhammer. Okay. Um, For those who are not uh, familiar, each unit has uh, a point cost based on its power. So the stronger the unit is, the more points uh, it costs. Okay. Every battle uh, has a limit of points that you can use. So you might have a few strong characters, but I will have many and weaker. 
Gotcha. Okay, so then you got you automatically have like a like a point total at the beginning, and then it's your you decide how you're going to fill that out with your characters. Mm-hmm. And um, since all the characters have uh, all the players have access to the same characters, uh, there is no chance that uh, you will think something as unbalanced. If something is unbalanced, you can just do it as well. But uh, I told you what uh, the result of this is. Exactly, exactly. At, at some point, it's eventually going to come down to, to simple strategy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, no, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty genius. And, and that way, too, uh, now, are, are the, the, the people who've played it longer, are they going to have access to different kind of point tiers? And are, those, are you going to kind of wall those off um, as far as, you know, making sure that, you know, somebody who's been playing this, let's say, for like three years that they end up in there, you know, against somebody who's in their first match? Uh, or is that simply at the, the kind of random, the, that's the kind of will of the game? Well, someone that has played uh, three years, um, the chances of someone that has played three years losing from someone that's a new player is uh, just like in chess. Um, it, it could happen, it's just not like Yeah, exactly. They both have access to the same um, equipment, but... Uh, it's very hard. Uh, he should be drunken and beaten, and uh, I don't know. It's, pra- it's practically it's, uh, impossible, I think. I, I, I hear you. Because that person's got experience that the other person just doesn't have. They've got, yeah. they've got those battles under underneath their belt, so i right there with you. And uh, in most games, uh, um, people tend to... Get bored of the game when they reach, uh, the, when they get matched up with players that uh, cannot win in uh, PvP battles, I mean mostly. And I have played many games that I have reached so close to the top on uh, the tournaments and the, all the PvP, um, uh, stuff. Uh, but there's always one guy that has spent like a fortune in the game and uh, there's no way that you will ever defeat him no matter what we do. Uh, there's no way that you see something like that in the Nasus. You've always got a chance because everything is so even. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, the players that will be playing for uh, longer will have um, the chance to see the story, um, how it uh, evolves. Uh, because we are going to have regular updates with new characters and new campaigns and new stories. So someone that has, that has started from the beginning will see how every character uh, evolves and uh, how who dies when he dies he will have a, a more uh, a bigger a better connection with the characters it's like uh, starting to play in an rpg from uh, the beginning and then someone gets it from the middle of the game he might be stronger but he has lost half of the game experience he hasn't he hasn't learned those early lessons that the other person did yeah gotcha um, uh, did you guys? So, uh, did you guys use? Uh, obviously, you did all the art design for it. Um, did you guys end up using like a, a programming language like Unity, or did you guys develop your own engine to kind of set all this up? Uh, we didn't have. A, we decided with both. Uh, we still believe it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Unity can provide us uh, all that uh, we need, and. Um, the mentor of the team, George Kadamias, uh, was uh, the first one that uh, supported us in uh, this uh, uh, decision. Um, we still uh, don't uh, 
uh, regret it and we still uh, support like Unity because we can um, access all the consoles and the either we need it for Android or for PSP, we have access to everything and this is very um, good for us. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's the one thing I found out from talking to various developers who've used it, that it's a, it's a very open system, so not only is it easy to use, but it's easy to get uh, elsewhere. Um, what, what are the plans right now for, like, system releases? Are you guys just aiming for PC at the moment, or are you planning on going to, to other other parts? Well, uh, the, the certain thing is that uh, we will go for uh, PC Mac and Linux, and uh, this week we will be launching our Kickstarter campaign. Okay, I was about to ask, you know, how you guys were uh, were going to fund it. So you're going to go with Kickstarter? Yeah, well, we'll, we believe that uh, this is the best option for the current help. Uh, in uh, which uh, the stretch goals that we have set uh, will determine if we will go in other consoles. Um, PSP is available uh, and PlayStation 3 and Xbox as well until we learn what's going to be with PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Okay, excellent. Excellent. Um, did you guys think about doing anything else like uh, like Indiegogo or um, as kind of the you guys were, were set on Kickstarter? Well, uh, I believe for regarding the gaming projects, uh, Kickstarter is the best. And uh, and as a community, it has a lot of gamers, and about the projects that follow. I mean, uh, when it goes on Kickstarter, there are a lot, uh, there are many games that um, have uh, a style and a theme similar to us, similar to ours. Um, in Indiegogo, I believe uh, they are just uh, those who do not have access on Kickstarter, and uh, mostly teams uh, that are um, mostly uh, smaller projects. Uh, I, I'm not uh, quite sure, but I am given the impression that uh, the projects in Indiegogo are uh, smaller. Oh, they definitely can be. It, it really, it really depends. I've seen some uh, some very impressive games on there as far as, you know, scope of what they're reaching for. Um, but at the same time, it's all a matter of what, what people are able to do and where they can go with it. Um, it sounds like you guys are, are, are kind of have a, uh, a good kind of view about where you want to go and what you want to set up. So, you know, hopefully that, that, that Kickstarter with all the, the stretch goals and that kind of stuff that we, you know, you guys get there. Yeah. Uh, Indiegogo is... Um what Indiegogo has that doesn't have Kickstarter is the uh, flexible uh, uh, stretch uh, found. I, I don't remember what it's called, but uh, you you get you get part of the money. You know, you you're not. It's not a total a total loss at the end if you don't hit the goal. Yeah, but this doesn't work for video games. In order to complete a game, you have to do every hour. You cannot uh, release the game without the graphics or without the sound or being half of the story. So we, this doesn't work for us. Yeah, to, you know, to do the to do the game, you need the money. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, man. So with the, with the, I'm just gonna go back a little bit to the. The, the art port of it. Obviously, you know, you said you were using some pixel art for it. Um, did yeah. you find that... Um, did, did it serve well for the style of story that you wanted to tell, or did you did you find yourself having to kind of go beyond it to, to get more or story or more strategy into it? 
Well, um, from uh, the very beginning, we wanted the game to be for a more uh, mature audience. We tried uh, to use a very realistic and original design on both the characters and the gameplay and the story. Um, so if I mean. And um, the, most of the all the nice tactical games do use pixel art, but uh, we wanted to make uh, to make it more uh, beautiful, I might say. Uh, we made all the pixel art a bit uh, more uh, high in the quality. We use more uh, um, bigger sizes, bigger sized characters. They have bigger resolution, so they have more detail, so they look more realistic. Okay. And uh, and the uh, artwork, uh, which uh, is not made by me, we we uh, none of us is an uh, artist, so the artwork uh, we buy it from uh, other professionals. Uh, we wanted uh, it to look uh, realistic as well. The characters do not have this um, more uh, alien style that most of uh, practical games have. You know, the more anime uh, uh-huh. style. Uh, we believe that uh, the characters have been uh, designed uh, to, move, to look uh, more real. Their arms and their weapons are not uh, oversized or very thin on the, or not, uh, they are quite realistic. Gotcha. You, you don't want any, you know, you, the buster sword. Nobody's going to be swinging yeah. that eighty-pound monster around. It's so oh, we're looking at. Buster swords. Are you uh, using? Are you using a specific, um, like time period as a reference, or are you just kind of putting in what you what you'd like to put in? Well, it's a completely different world. It's a dungeon okay. dark world uh, with. Uh, you could say it is a medieval style with uh, dragons and magic and everything, uh, but there is no advanced technology. There are no the first signs of technology are just uh, um, used for uh, they have um, steam, they have um, uh, very basic electricity, but it's uh, not used for um, weapons or anything. Okay, so for, um, basic uh, survival. Uh, so kind of a, going kind of medieval fantasy with the Web three, but like kind of beginning steampunk as far as the world itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Final Fantasy nine, I could say time period. Okay. You, know, you, you get the airships, but uh, for some reason uh, they don't have cars or anything like this. Uh, everything in the game that uh, does not that cannot be explained with physics or uh, with um, technology or anything it is supposed to be a part of uh, the magic that people have. They don't know how to produce electricity with uh, power plants, but they have the magic to help them with. Absolutely, no, yeah, especially when you're dealing with with demigods and with uh, with a, a fantasy world like that. Uh, there's got to be a little magic in there, otherwise it just it, you kind of just lose the feeling real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, is that going to be represented? Uh, like, um, as far as obviously you mentioned buffs and debuffs and that kind of thing, where that that kind of stuff falls under the uh, that curtain of magic. Um, and is there 
is there like a resource that you need to hold in order to use that, or is that just kind of free and clear? It just it, it goes with the character itself. Uh, well, um, the uh, we haven't used something like uh, mana. If you mean this, we don't have anything yes. like this. Okay. We have a more um, free. Uh, these characters are not so limited. Uh, I mean, it's like you know a spell. Well, you can do it as many times as you want. It's not like something will limit you. It's not like you you will deploy your mind, energy, or anything. <laughs> okay, I got you. <laughs> it's not, not going to take anything away from you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, every action and ability in the card in the game is either um, a spell. Uh, for example, a magical energy that boosts your strength, or it could be, for example, a war cry that boosts your strength, uh, your morale, and uh, this is uh, transferred in, the, in your statistics as well. Now, I have to ask, because you are a fan of Final Fantasy, um, yeah. are, are there any kind of like uh, like summons or bringing things into battle that weren't there before? Uh, summons no, okay. but uh, um, characters, um, the demigods, the aces, um, are uh, do inherit some powers from their um, uh, from their parents, and uh, they have an, an um, a close relationship with uh, the dragons. Half of them with the dragons, and half of them with the undead. And, oh, wow. uh, okay. <laughs> so there's a guy who has a huge dragon that he might summon. I don't know if this does uh, count. And there's sure. a guy, uh, <laughs> and there's a guy that uh, can summon a horde of undead and zombies and everything. Okay. Are you using like a standard pantheon for your uh, for your gods as far as like good and evil and that kind of things, or are they just uh, are, are they just kind of out there for their own purposes? Uh, well, the um, gods uh, in our world have uh, this concept that uh, they may, they cannot uh, interfere with the lives of the uh, of the mortals. So they do know that uh, they exist. They do pray on them. They make sacrifices or whatever. But uh, it won't be like. Uh, they will come down and fight them or help them or anything like this. Like this. Um, so they, they, uh, they can't. They can't take any direct actions. Yeah, they don't. Uh, they are forbidden. Each of them is forbidden from uh, the rest of them. Okay. Uh, so that they don't uh, rule uh, the mortals because um, if a god came uh, to the mortal world, uh, then he could do whatever he wanted with any of them. They are. Overpowered uh, and uh, for the mortals, they cannot handle them. So the penises that are half god, half uh, human, they are stronger than any human, but uh, still they are not immortal or uh, uh, unbeatable. I mean, ten guys could probably take down one of them, but uh, one uh, there's no way that one of them could do it. Gotcha. Okay, they're 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 obviously they've got advantages over the the normal mortal just because of that god blood. Yeah, each one of them is uh, specialized in uh, a certain field, and he is known to be the best in the world. For example, there's uh, there's uh, Red Nuxel, the trickster. Uh huh. 
who is um, the best, um, let's say, rogue uh, assassin in the world. Uh, he may, he's uh, super fast, he's uh, super stealthy, and he has the best uh, disguising abilities in the world. But, um, for example, this guy has uh, no conscience. He cannot communicate effectively. He doesn't understand the morals, or he doesn't understand the ethics. Uh, every one of them uh, is very good at ev- something, but he's quite normal at everything else. Yeah. Okay. So they they're definitely like almost like uh like paragons of their field, but they have they're they're lacking almost like their uh uh now uh, I'll lose the word almost like their uh their savants at it, but then drop it. everything else just doesn't matter. It's not important. Yeah. Uh, well, each one of them represents uh, something. Um, some represent the, the mind, uh, another one the justice, another one the power. So uh, each one of them is dedicated at doing one thing. Good. He does everything good and something very very good. Let's say like that, like that. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So they're not they're not exactly lacking anywhere. They just there is something that they excel at beyond yeah. what other people can excel at. Um, these um, ten brothers were uh, raised by uh, a mortal that was uh, that had to raise them in order to rule the world. The, the ten brothers uh, were destined to rule the world. They had the, their kingdoms um, fixed uh, before they were born, and uh, as soon they would become uh, adults, they would be given they would be given their kingdom. And they would rule. They were um, um, they. I can't find the words. Um, each of them uh, had a kingdom uh-huh. to take that uh, represented them as well. Their kingdoms were good at they at what they are now before them. I mean the. Ace that uh, had to take in a, a kingdom of assassins and stealth had to train in this uh, as well. So this is why each of them is very good at something because he was trained from his, when he was a baby and uh, until he was an adult. Oh, okay. So that was that was his birthright to take up. He was that that's what he was supposed to do. That's what he was meant to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's like uh, their destiny had already been uh, decided for them. They didn't have a choice about it. And they're cool with this? <laughs> or do they just not, that's just kind of the way well, they are? This is um, regarding, this is uh, around the story, and uh, uh, I wouldn't like to spoil it. Uh, oh, no, absolutely not. If that's, if that's a story beat, and it sounds like it should be one, because that's, obviously there's red bells ringing in my head right away, like, hey, hold on a second. What do you mean I don't have a choice at this? It's very reasonable that uh, some would like it and some uh, wouldn't. And some would want even more than they would uh, get. Oh, absolutely. There's always there's always the power-hungry ones. There's always that. Well, that ends the, the, the main portion as far as all the, the real questions I had to ask. Um, I do like to end interviews with something I call uh, a lightning round. Uh, and it's kind of a misnomer because... Sometimes the the questions here are kind of thoughtful, but it's 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 about five or six questions. Um, it's more 
uh, personal towards you than really about anything else. Uh, just to kind of give us a, a last, like, lingering look at, at, at who you are as a person on top of who you are as a game designer. Sure. All right. Uh, so my first question, um, who is your favorite video game protagonist? Who's your favorite good um, guy or anti-hero? Uh, I can, can be a hero or an anti-hero? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I might be a bit uh, classical, but uh, it's a uh, safe hero. Um, why I can I can't very specify. Um, I believe that uh, the large uh, sequel of uh, games around him uh, made him uh, more um, gave me a better read about him. Mm-hmm. And um, he wasn't so cut and dry. Uh, there are, there aren't many games that uh, give you such an extensive uh, look uh, at their characters. So I can't uh, I don't have many. Um, Many uh, car- many favorite characters to um, uh, compare. Okay. Uh, I do, most most of them are from uh, the Final Fantasy series. I, most of my favorite characters. So absolutely, been, I'll tell you straight up. My favorite bad guy is uh, is Kefka from Final yeah. Fantasy VI. Yeah, he was uh, truly amazing. Uh, we have uh, many characters that are. Um, Inspired from many characters in Final Fantasy series, with uh, of course different. Um, uh, they are not copied; they are just inspired. And uh, we do have a, inspi- a character inspired a lot from uh, Kefka. And you could say from Joker as well. They are quite uh, similar in the way they are thinking. That's awesome. Um, what game would you say has had the most influence over your design, your game design ideas? Um. Regarding uh, this game, like this game, or just just you in general, what 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 constantly comes up as as, as a game that uh, that that just uh, just inspires you to create? Well, Dungeons and Dragons, sir. Whatever you want. Um. Well. So Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, if that's it, that I. Uh, that's the uh, because uh, it doesn't. Uh, it's not just one thing. Not, you're not just a player. You, you create things. Uh, it's more designing. Uh, you make characters. You make stories. You make their appearance, their abilities. It's more a uh, whole than any kind of game that I have played. Was there a uh, was there is there a particular rule set that you uh, that you really enjoy? Um, like I felt well, like our group when we gamed, we we definitely had both the most time and the most fun with uh with like a three and three point five. Uh, we all, we've always played uh, three point five from uh, the year that uh, came out uh, until uh, until now. We haven't changed to the fourth version, and because uh, it was, uh, I believe the the best. Of the old system before uh, they changed the spells and everything at uh, the uh, uses per day and uses per uh, mm-hmm. uh, system and etc. Um, I, would, I believe that the best version, the best version of the old system, and that's why we stick to it. I'm right there with you, man. Um, it, outside of video games, if you could do, if you could have any other profession, what would you like to try? 
I'll try to read again. Well, um, art uh, could be my thing, uh, but uh, it, it's something that I would like to do, but I'm not very good at, so I wouldn't say that it is art. Uh, another thing that um, I am uh, very interested in is uh, psychology. Okay. Uh, I have some knowledge around it, and uh, uh, I find it very interesting, and uh, this could be probably what I would work on. Excellent. Uh, final question. Um, uh, at the end of your days, when you're done designing video games, when you've put out everything you're going to put out, um, and you get to, somebody looks back on all of your work, what would you like them to say about you? Um... Uh, I would like uh, the, the players of my games to remember and think uh, the characters that uh, uh, like the ones in uh, the Final Fantasy series. I mean, if I wanted to be like someone, uh, I would like to be like uh, Tetsuya Nomura, if I say it right. From Absolutely. Uh, who has uh, designed uh, all these uh, characters. And I believe that... Uh, not just uh, as an image, but as personalities as well, they have affected uh, most of the games that we play today. That, that is a, an extremely noble goal and one I can get behind. Uh, the, the, many of those characters will be around for much longer than any of us will be. Yeah, maybe it's a bit more uh, far-fetched, but um, it's uh, 10 years after... I might say 20 years after the first uh, characters that uh, were in the first Final Fantasy series, and uh, there are thousands of people and millions that are so obsessed with these guys. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, final thing, um, I, you said that uh, you guys were getting ready to start your Kickstarter campaign. Um, yep. What What are you guys looking at as far as a release timeline? When would you When would you like to see Ten Aces come out? Uh, well. Um, the uh, how the Kickstarter campaign will end uh, does affect us a lot since uh, the more uh, uh, the the bigger the funding would be, the more things that we will be able and will have to do. And but we are we are hoping that the single player will be complete uh, before 2014, and uh, we will be able to start uh, working on the on on the multiplayer and the online version of the game on the after inside the 2014. Okay. Excellent. So, and you're, you said you're planning immediate you're planning to release on uh, on PC, Mac, and Linux, and then uh, you know past that is all past that. Yeah, PC, Mac, and Linux is the the minimum that we will uh, publish for. Fantastic. Well, Mike, thank you very much for your time. It was an absolute pleasure with uh, talking with you, especially about uh, about your game, Ten Aces. And, you, uh, you know, have a good one, man. I hope uh, I can't wait to see it on Kickstarter, and I hope you guys meet all your goals. We hope to as well. And uh, I'm, I'm very sorry if uh, some of uh, you didn't understand what I said. That's right. Like you did fine, man. Believe me, you did, you did just fine. I think everybody's going to get a kick out of this. Um, thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Mike. You have a great one, man. Bye.